0: I have a very unconventional way of hiring people where I kind of like, will vibe it's, it's not very buttoned up. Uh, in that sense, <laughs> it's we're a vibe all, hiring. It's process. a vibe. I'm like, we get, if you send me an email, you've already done some work. The work is good. We talk, there are vibes. Mm. And then like, I maybe give you one more thing and you crush it. I'm like, cool, done. But I think that as it, as things grow, that doesn't scale. You know, they say women shouldn't be bossy. We're out here reclaiming that word. What's so wrong with being the boss?
1: In my business, there's a one role that I really have a hard time hiring for. Like, I consistently struggle to hire an assistant.
0: I can't imagine why. What do you mean? What is, what is that supposed <laughs> well, to mean? let's back up a step. Your whole brand is like being a constantly evolving human. Uh, And being an assistant, the most important thing about being a good assistant is being able to anticipate needs, which is very easy when someone's predictable. Oh, shoot. And it's not that easy when someone is constantly changing it up. Dang. Okay, wait. Wait, you really just blew
1: my whole—no, I'm being serious. Are you serious? Yeah. Huh. Okay, wait. So this is really useful for me because I think you're right. Right. I think the main thing that has been an issue for me as I'm hiring an assistant is like not knowing what I'm hiring for and almost like I take for granted sometimes certain skills. So I have had, I think I've had four different assistants over the course of the years. My first assistant, I feel like I forgot to evaluate in our hiring process for taste. So like a lot of the job was like, Like I was traveling a lot. I was really like digital nomad-y at the time. And so figuring out like booking my travel and I'm really picky about design aesthetic of like hotels and like Airbnbs. And so like it was really hard to like get her aligned on my taste and to articulate taste to her in a way that landed. And I just didn't even think to hire for that. But that was like a really big kind of widespread issue just around taste.
0: Okay. And you're thinking that you didn't articulate it properly.
1: Well, I think my default is always to put the responsibility back on myself. Right. I like I think in general, if a hire doesn't work out, like it's you or your hiring process doesn't work out, like it's you in some way. So that was a a thing that was an issue. Like she was booking things that I think were just like really outside of like her experiences or perspectives. So that was like the first issue. Mm -hmm. Then I ended up hiring a a different assistant, the second assistant, and this time I forgot to like evaluate for tech savviness. Like I almost took for granted just some like basic tech skills. So in the Mm -hmm. hiring process, I wasn't evaluating for it. But like I use lots of software tools. I use like, like, what's the new cutting edge thing? Like I move really fast with software. And I move fast in general. Like I have a move fast and break things Mentality, and she was older. Like I think that she was sort of more like be methodical and move slow, and it just wasn't meshing yeah. with me. And I just didn't know to even look for that kind of speed and savviness. Like I, I, I took it for granted, mm-hmm. I think. And then my third assistant was just, like, really distracted. This was, like, the shortest stint. <laughs> like, I, hi- this time I hired... What a saga, dude. I hired a service <laughs> to help me find her. And, like, the first week she was amazing. And then after that she would be like, oh, I can't do any work because, like, I'm remodeling my kitchen. <laughs> what? And I was like, what? I'm what? sorry. That is the funniest thing I've ever heard. What do you mean? So, okay, and then my fourth <laughs> assistant... My fourth assistant was great. I actually the company that okay. helped me found my third assistant. she was really good. They helped me find my fourth assistant, and my fourth assistant was so good that I promoted her, and she now like is a director Oh at the company. okay, so
0: you have had some success with with this person but now I don't have an assistant mm, When did you promote her <sighs> Um, Like, how long have you been assistant list? Eight months. And what has your experience been not having one? Are you like, oh, my gosh, I'm dying and I really need one? What do you want them to do for you now?
1: I'm not dying. I think now I'm kind of, like, taking a break. Like, I need to redesign this because I think I really need to redesign my hiring process Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. this person. Is there, like— I'm trying to map together what what you just said about me evolving, though. And I think the thing that I'm not hiring for and not putting into my hiring process is this, like, evaluation of how someone can move and change and evolve with me. And it's really interesting because I've put that into – I put that into my dating process. I learned that, like, one of the biggest things I need to find in a partner is someone who's, like, really comfortable with me evolving and evolves a lot, too. And I maybe need to do that here. Like, you just gave me that whole aha.
0: I'm glad that I gave you the aha. I'm wondering how you built that into the dating process. How, like, let's think right now. How would you even begin to approach building that type of process or expectation into the hiring process for an assistant. Yeah. Knowing what you do about how it worked
1: for dating. What I definitely would not do is I would not like in an interview ask someone, so tell me about a time where you had to evolve. (laughs) I definitely would not do that. I think what I would do Because I don't really like questions in in interview processes where you just ask someone a question. What I prefer is where you give them an example, a scenario where they can exhibit that. So like a case study. So maybe what I would do is I would give them a particular case study of like something to do. Like, hey, plan this for me as part of the interview process. And then midway through, like right before the deliverables do, I would change and say, actually, there's new guidance and see how they respond. How
0: they adapt. Okay, yeah. I think that's actually a really good approach. I think you would see a lot about how someone can kind of think on their feet, adapt, do they get flustered? I also wonder if there's something about the process of constantly changing, there's almost an element of this that is, are you constantly stepping back and reassessing and mm. reconsidering? And I think that that could potentially be more of a, I'm not sure, I'm sure you can you can train that, but I think it is more of a personality type thing. Do you feel like the person who was the rock star that you ended up promoting, was that a trait that they had or were they just really good at taking direction?
1: No, I, I give her almost no direction. Okay. She's just like, I'm gone. I'm off. I'll, I'll let you know how it went. Okay. And figures it
0: out herself. Okay. Well, that's really interesting. I think there's potentially something there, too, with your, um, your explicitly setting direction. Like yeah. I'm remembering back to the piece about the assistant that maybe was not booking the right types of places for you. Yeah, the first one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking a lot of that is just not explicitly describing it. And I mean, it yes. sounds like you're, you are really taking responsibility for it, but I think that's another element of that too. It's yes. like really defining what a job well done looks like for this person. Yes. I think that's right.
1: I think that at a, like, I think at that time when I hired the first assistant, I also was looking at just more junior people. Mm-hmm. I think someone who's like a really seasoned in any role, like knows that when they first hit a job, their job is to ask you questions to understand like what you like, what you need, what you need, what the goals are, depending on what the role is. Mm -hmm. And so I think that proactiveness from the person, I maybe didn't necessarily and always I don't always initiate that. Sometimes they initiate that and they manage up and that still works, too. But someone who has that ability is really useful. So when you think about hiring and the experiences that you've had hiring, like how have you approached that?
0: Well, it's funny because I feel like it's happened by accident a little bit, but I've pretty much only exclusively hired from within the Money with Katie community. Mm. So the, the, kind of headline is that I like to hire people that are already familiar with the brand that kind of viscerally get it that are consumers of the product and are really excited about the mission so I always feel like well then if there's a technical skill that you need to have I can teach it to you but the downside there I think is that you aren't often getting Maybe as much of a valuable outsider perspective where sometimes it's, it's actually beneficial to bring someone in who doesn't know a ton about the space that you're operating in because they can kind of connect dots that you might not be seeing because you're too close to it.
1: So when you're saying community, you mean like you have a, for example, email subscriber list and you will send an email out to your subscribers and say, hey, we're hiring. And so these are people who already follow your brand. Is that what you mean by your community?
0: I'm thinking more about social media, actually. I'll post on social media that we're hiring for position and then I'll post the job listing and then people will apply to it. So like the only person that I've really hired full time to work for us was someone that had started following from the very beginning and then – came in to help us out full-time, and it's been, you know, she she really understood the product, and so the ramp-up period, which is what we needed at the time, we needed someone who could come in and start working quickly, who wasn't going to need, like, six months to get acquainted with what we were even doing, yeah. because we were drowning. So we really needed someone quick who really got it. Um, another listener, I think, who who understands the brand has, like, been reaching out to do part-time stuff for us, so we were kind of exploring what that might look like. And actually... The person that I ended up hiring as a part-time assistant, this is a—I was like, wow, this is kind of perfect for her. She—I posted on Instagram a picture one Friday with, like, a long-ish caption just kind of talking about where my head was at and— In the paragraph, there was just like one line about how I'm thinking about hiring a VA, but I don't know. And blah, 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 blah. Within hours, she's in my inbox. Hi, my name is Allie. And I think you should get a VA. Here's why you need a VA. And also, here's why I'm going to be the best VA that you'll ever have. Blah, 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 blah. And Mm -hmm. I was like, great. By the end of the day, I was like, I'm going to send you a 1099 or whatever. They're the W-9 form, whatever it is. I was like, this is perfect because it's just the initiative, right? And so there was kind of even the moment, the way that we met of of her being that the The attention to detail, the noticing it right away, the taking action right away. Part of all things I was looking for.
1: Part of, I think, becoming a really good, really good at hiring, part of becoming really good at hiring is having a high standard for people to operate exactly in the way that you mentioned that person did which is like extremely proactively here is the here's mm-hmm. the job like here's here's what I th- how I think I could help you I did this research like before they have the job like in the hiring yeah. process this person's on turbo on yes. 10 and I think one of the things if I look at myself that I notice is I didn't have when I first started hiring that expectation that the best hire was going to be like on 10 I thought like I was going to have to like Like, I didn't feel maybe, like, worthy of having that kind of person maybe Mm. deep down. So I was like, oh, like, I'm going to have to convince them for why the job is a good fit and, like, all these things. No, like, I'm looking for, and I think for anyone out here who's, like, hiring and listening to the show and thinking about how do I get my first, my second, my 10th employee, hiring is really about, like, having high standards Mm. and really setting and, like, holding that bar for those high standards, I'm thinking about myself and, like, my own imposter syndrome I have had and tried to grow out of and mm-hmm. it's still in places and with, like, high quality, high standard folks. So when you hire from your community, from social networks, right, mm-hmm. not everybody has a, like, large social following like you do. You have a lot of followers.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not
1: everybody has that. What would be the equivalent of, like, hiring from your community yeah. if you don't have, like, a bunch of Social media followers.
0: I kind of think about it like concentric circles. So it's like you're in the middle and then go one layer out. So like to me, these are the people like you have their phone number, you text them. I'm like, I I mean, if you have other friends that run businesses, or you just have friends in your orbit that like maybe they're not running a business, but they probably have a job and they probably have yeah. like people that they used to work with that they no longer work with. And you can be like, Hey, do you know anybody who is really good at XYZ? Digital marketer. Maybe you need an email marketer, maybe you need a salesperson, like yeah getting into that circle. Okay, there's no one there. You go one more layer out. So maybe you're now asking existing hires or former coworkers or people who you might not be on like a text basis but just like expanding your orbit one layer and like now you're reaching out to other professional and personal acquaintances, but To me, I think there is an interesting dynamic there of trusting the people in your network that really know you, Mm. that like there's going to be some connection to somebody that they have who either that person or someone that person knows might be a good fit. And so I kind of think about even how we found each other for this show and me putting the tweet out there. We were one degree of separation away from one another. There was someone that followed both of us that said, hmm, I think. Knowing Katie and knowing Tara, I yeah. think these two would be really great together. Yeah. And, like, I couldn't agree more.
1: They cast so, the show. They
0: cast the show right yeah. there in that one tweet. So I kind of think about it like that, just trying to bridge the gap between. Um, and I'm sure I actually do want to talk to you about recruiters and whatnot. But I think if you're kind of in that phase where you're maybe just starting your search, mm-hmm. I'm like, why wouldn't you look in the. That strategy, though, of looking at people that you know
1: really requires you to be shameless about, like, I'm going to sit down today and I'm going to start sending out texts of, like, hey, here's what I need. Do you know anyone? Send. Hey, here's what I need. Do you know anyone? Send. Hey, here's what I need you. Like you kind of would have to get into a little bit of a rhythm of doing that and kind of get out of any fear about doing it and just like sit your butt down and get sending Mm -hmm. messages. No.
0: I think that also is a good affirmative practice of practicing saying what you're looking for and putting out there what you want. So even even the other day when we were talking about Forbes 30 under 30, I'm like, I'm going to say it into this microphone that I want to be on that list and hope. Yeah, had someone and I who like, has some sway somewhere here's, and is like, let me throw her a bone. So I think that there's there's some power in putting it out there and not being ashamed about about asking yeah. for what you want and being like, hey, I'm looking for an amazing digital marketing person. Hey, I need someone who just absolutely crushes Facebook ads. Who should I talk to?
1: Yeah, that's like a always be selling but always be hiring kind oh, yeah, of perspective. Yeah, yeah. And you know what's really interesting? Like now, I am always hiring. When I mm. meet people, like this is actually kind of a toxic trait at this point, but <laughs> it's just like a trauma of being an entrepreneur and like always kind of recruiting. Even if I don't have any job posting that's open, when I meet someone, I'm it's like,
0: kinda, you're sussing z- them out. Z- z- z-
1: z- z- I'm scanning like, <laughs> would this person be great? Can I recruit them for anything? What skills do they have? How can I help them? How can they help me? Like, I'm definitely doing that. It's maybe problematic, but I de- like it's really led to some of my best hires. Actually. I think that's a,
0: I don't think it's problematic at all. I think that's kind of what separates, like, I, I'm, I do not necessarily think that way, but I think I am learning that from you a little bit and yeah. how you can be constantly scanning the environment around you for opportunities versus like, all right, I am now in hiring mode. Turn it on versus yeah, because like by then it's almost, aware.
1: By then it's almost too late. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's almost yeah, yeah, too late yeah. if you wait until that second. So how has your strategy evolved? Okay. I think I've probably had maybe five different versions of a hiring strategy wow, over time. Just like time. the
0: assistants.
1: Oh, geez. we're lining them
0: up and knocking them down. Yeah, All but right. I also
1: think I'm like an iterator, right? So, yeah. I'm like, let me try this. Okay. Let me try this. Let me see how I can improve it. So, I definitely think my very first hires came from the strategy of good old cold outreach. Okay. Like, I, for my first business, I built this um, art matchmaking system and service. And so, what happened was I was like, okay, I want to help people find artwork for their homes. So I'm going to go on LinkedIn and I'm going to search for Art Advisor. And here's a bunch of people who can help me do that. And I have no budget at all, not even $1 for this. Um, but I'm going to start reaching out and start recruiting and having these conversations. And I actually went on LinkedIn. I found the message that I was sending out to Art Advisors. You have to read it. Okay. This message, it says, my name is Tara Reed, and I run a new art startup called Collecto. Collecto helps young, art prof- young professionals become art collectors by offering them their own affordable art advisor. Um, the advisor searched for pieces of artwork that the customer likes. I'm impressed with your experience as a – and I talk about, like, whatever they were doing. And I would love to chat about a potential partnership. Notice I have no money at this time for hiring, so it's potential partnership. This is the wording that I'm using, but this was me first hiring. As we launch our program, I'm looking for someone to join our team as a part-time art advisor, a temporary basis. Is this something you'd be interested in? If not, do you, can you recommend someone you think I should reach out That's to? That's good. The That's recommend good, thing is actually what you are How did cold
0: in. outreach work for you?
1: Oh, I I'm pretty immediately it worked brought well. on the chief art advisor.
0: Wow. Okay. So yeah. it, did, it worked well. I yeah, feel like and cold outreach is super hit or miss. No, I actually think
1: it's pretty hit consistently. Really? I think, yeah. I think that you need quantity. If you think you're going to send five and get results,
0: you are out of your mind. Well then, yeah, that's not a pretty consistent hit. That's you're making a lot of misses to get a hit. Yeah, but like what kind volume of conversion game. rate? Yeah,
1: a cold anything is a is a volume game. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So okay. I definitely sent out a good number of these. I then had Zoom conversations or coffee chats, and I offered them. They were like commission only roles. They were like, there's a percentage that I'll share with you when you make a sale. Because I had absolutely no revenue to pay them as a base or anything like that and that was my first experience maybe that wasn't like a full barter but like getting creative about how i did compensation Um, because i did a lot of bartering at the beginning a lot of like commission sort of structures a lot of like i'll give you a percentage of revenue that we make up you know for this amount of time is your compensation until we have this amount of revenue i got really creative Mm -hmm. at the beginning but good old cold outreach was my first strategy okay then what came next how did you iterate on that Okay, so I think after that, I started finding niche job boards. Um, one job board and sort of like posting community I really like is AngelList. Oh, know yeah. Actually, I actually think they changed their name now. They're now, they rebranded, but like. You could probably still find it if you look up Angelist. Oh, Angelist is a I think a VC. They are. They're it's a VC investing platform, but they also have a job board.
0: Oh, okay. Yep. I didn't realize they that. They also AngelList. have a job board. And I think it kind of attracts have a lot that. of
1: people who are like interested in startups and tech too. Yes. So I found stuff like um Angelist and then also other like niche job boards. Like there were some like art industry. Um, job boards that I had found at the beginning for my first company, right, for people in the art yes. industry. Yes. Okay. And I would post on them. I remember actually that art industry job board, I remember it being like, dang, it costs like 25 or $50 to post here. Like, that's a lot of money. Like, I'm not really sure. I remember that concern.
0: That's kind of a good business idea, by the way. Yeah, it's an absolutely Having great a idea. paid job board that's yeah. niche to your industry. Really niche and specific. Really niche and specific. It's going to attract specific type of people and then you charge to post. Yep, exactly. Like so that. that was the second thing that I did.
1: I think after that, by that point, I then had an email list of like prospective customers, current customers. I had been building an email list of people, just subscribers.
0: How many years in are we now? Um, Roughly.
1: I think by the time I was hiring through my email list, maybe... Okay, so if I start from my very first business... Actually, I probably didn't. I'm now at my second business. By the time I was hiring for my email list, I was working on my second company. Okay. So let's say like two or three years two in where I have like an email list. I probably could have done it way earlier, but this is just when it kind of occurred when it, to okay. me. okay. Yeah. So I started then exactly what you were saying, hiring for my email list. And because we'd sort of like had this newsletter, kind of, I think the equivalent too is a newsletter list. Even if you don't have like a bunch of followers on social media, you can build a newsletter. People are interested in mm-hmm. being your customer or sort of the kind of topics that you talk about about in your Mm -hmm. newsletter so my I sent out like a newsletter blast about this it was in the newsletter that like hey I'm hiring for these roles and like people applied I think at the time I felt like a lot of people applied I probably would not think it was a lot now but I started then doing that from my email list then I really graduated to what I'm doing now right which Which is is recruiter which is recruiter Mm -hmm. yeah recruiter or my network so when I started working with an executive coach, he connected me with the recruiter. I had prior to that assumed I could not afford a recruiter. I had just fully, completely written it off. Yes. Um, I thought it was just like an expensive thing. And then I met this recruiter. Her, she charged hourly and not like a percentage of that person's salary wow. or whatever. That's, which
0: I would assume that's far optimal. Yeah,
1: that's one of those things where like you making a percentage of of what they make doesn't even make any sense because like you're not incentivized and aligned with me.
0: We'll be right back to the conversation after a quick break.
2: Take your business further with a smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business.
1: So I think, like, what I learned, too, was like, I get to, even if someone gives me their pricing and structure, I can say, no, but we can do this instead. Yes. Right? So she already, though, came with an hourly structure, and she immediately brought me rock stars overnight.
0: You know what's funny is I was just talking to a founder who told me the same thing, where they met a recruiter who, for whatever reason, was just, like, so into their thing that they're like, you know what? I'm going to work for you for free. And she was like, within a week, they brought me the most amazing person that was, like, the perfect fit, and it's now her... Chief Technology Officer. Who's going like, to lead overnight. their developer team. Yeah. So I'm actually really interested in the recruiter thing now, but I wouldn't. How did you. Did Eamon connect you with this recruiter? Yeah, exactly. Okay.
1: Exactly. I'll introduce you.
0: Yeah. yeah. I would love to meet um, him. But I think she's doing totally the same thing that I was
1: doing in some capacity with the cold outreach. She's reaching out to people and sort of telling me about the opportunity. I think her messaging is far more sophisticated than mine was. But she's reaching out to people. She's having screening meetings. She has conversations with people first. And then she sends them my way. And sort of depending on how senior or junior the role is, either she'll send them to apply first or she'll kind of do the application through the conversation like she's just taking those notes and sends them over to me. Like she's really really good. And also she's got people already in her network. She's like, oh, I actually already know some people off the top, which is why like immediately she's able to kind of move. Mm -hmm. I kind of regret staying so long on the email list. Okay. Phase. I feel like you should have graduated sooner. I think I should have graduated sooner. I think that the only reason I didn't graduate sooner was I kind of felt like imposter syndrome about, doing like sophisticated recruiting stuff. Yeah.
0: Like a fraud. Like, oh, I I don't deserve the good hire. Oh yeah It didn't it doesn't occur
1: didn't occur to me as fraud, but yeah, I think that's exactly what it was. Like I don't deserve the good hire. I can't also I think also showed up as I can't afford. Yeah, I can't yeah, yeah. Like, I felt imposter syndrome about what I was able to pay mm-hmm. people and so I was like okay well oh, you could only have a recruiter if you're really gonna like pay like top salary and it's like competitive to Microsoft or something like that was kind of how I felt and the reality is that there's lots of people who would really love to work with you who maybe are not happy in their existing role they want more creativity and space they want to work at a smaller company where they mm-hmm. can have real ability to move the needle they love the idea of being an entrepreneur they see you being an entrepreneur and they want to get close to that and i didn't realize like all these other assets that i had um in being a leader and being an entrepreneur of a small business that people want to get next to and i think i just kind of was like well i don't have like a a whole huge salary also i often bring people on as like consultants first Mm -hmm. to work on small projects it doesn't have to be like a huge thing and the recruiter is working on part-time full-time hourly consultants it doesn't really
0: matter who do you think you should hire first? Like, who was your first hire? And do you think that it was the right move? Like, in what retrospect. kind of role? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, who I hired first, um, for my very first business, it was someone to sort of fulfill on. So, the, and we had brought customers in. It was the person to fulfill our art advisor. Uh, for Apps Without Code, the first person I I hired was a marketing manager. Marketing. yeah. Okay. So I think that that was who, that was who I hired first. I think you probably should hire first someone who can help you drive revenue, driving revenue. Okay. Yeah. OK. I think you should probably hold on to some of the other stuff. But first focus on revenue, because that's the needle mover. Like there's going to be an ROI on that person. Whereas you have if you first hire someone who has nothing to do with the revenue it's hard to really show ROI on that person if you're just like a two-person team now. What do you think?
0: What do you think you should hire first? Because I can see. This I think there's. I would say it, it's. I would break it into two camps. So I think. If you are so busy that you cannot think straight, you are just drowning, there's more work than you can handle, right? Like, then I think your first hire should probably be someone who can, who's like a VA or some Mm. sort of assistant who can take some of that off your plate so that you have some breathing room to stretch and to grow. But I think if you are in the position where you're like no actually I would like more work. I would like things to be a little bit busier. I would yeah, like us to have customers. a little more business. We need more customers. I don't have enough to do cuz things like nothing's happening. Then I think you go for the like direct revenue driving higher. Mm. But I worry that like if you just try to make I mean, who who's gonna be driving revenue? Marketers, salespeople, people like that. Like if you get that hire wrong because you don't have the time and space and focus to be picking the right person because you're just too busy juggling all the balls, yeah, then like it could end up taking more time in the back end to unwind that decision. You're so You're probably gonna get the hire wrong. You're probably going to get it wrong. There's, yeah. there's almost no chance you're going to hire
1: well at the beginning anyway. So you might as well just do it, not be scared of it, and just start <laughs> trying, start learning how to hire I you're going to screw it up at the beginning.
0: I don't know. I don't think necessarily you are. I think that, like, you— You, you just come out of the womb a Well, hire. I think you'll make mistakes, but I do think that there—I I think the expectation that, like, the very first person you're going to hire is necessarily going to flop, and so you should just, no. you know— Hurry up and get it over with. Like I think that that's the move fast and break things coming out right now. You're like test succeed. and learn, make
1: a decision. That person could succeed and you could be a crappy manager and they could succeed nonetheless. You could be a crappy hirer yeah. and they could succeed nonetheless. That is that's true. But that's so true. So I'm not saying they will fail. I'm saying you are gonna suck as the as the leader, as the hirer.
0: Testify. I'm like, I can yeah. attest to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and especially because it, I mean, I guess it's different if you're an entrepreneur that like came up in corporate America and like had a bunch of jobs and maybe got into management. Now, it is a little bit different. But like if you have people management experience, Mm. I actually think management is quite difficult. And like no one I mean, yeah, no one really teaches it to you. Like you kind of have to learn it yourself. And so you stumble and you make mistakes. And then I like your framework of being like, oh, it's on me. Like I'm the reason that this person is failing and like I'm not setting expectations properly. Because it's really easy to just assume that it's them. And then it's like, why isn't anyone, why, how come I'm keep hiring people that don't work out? It's like, because it's not them, it's you. A
1: hundred percent. A hundred percent, it's you. Either like what you were saying earlier, expectation setting, Mm -hmm. or like you're, or there's someone who's not working and you're just taking too doggone long to let them go. And you, everybody knows it's not working. You guys are not on the same page. So wait, but you were telling me that you think that it's better to like, sort of like you might mess it up and that there's a concern that you might mess up your hiring. Can you explain what you were saying about that?
0: Yes, I can. So I think that if you feel like you're drowning and stuff to do, and there's just way too much on your plate Getting someone in the door who can take some of those things off your plate so that you can focus, zoom out, and go, who should my first real hire really be? Because I think the great thing about VAs and EAs is that they don't have to be a full-time job. You might only need 10 to 15 hours a week, so it's not a big expense. It can be really quick, and you can move really fast on that, and it's a lot less— of a time suck or a or a distraction if things go wrong because the stakes are lower. So it's like I'm going to get someone in who can take some things off of my plate, help me put some organization and some structure in place yeah. cuz then I'll be able to see more clearly what I really need. Now, I think when I look back on what mm. I did, the actual first hire that I had made before Morning Brew was a part-time email marketing person yeah. who did help me bring more sales in because she, I didn't know how to do email marketing, how to set up funnels, how to build landing pages, sale landing pages. She drew, helped me drive a lot of revenue. Yeah, And it, again, came from my community. I just said, hey, I'm looking for this. A bunch of people emailed me. There was something about her presentation where she emailed me and she already put a deck together that was like, here's your ecosystem. On top of it. Here's where we need to be. Yes. Yes. And so I was like, bingo. That's my person. Like she already she's on turbo already. So she helped me. It was like that actually was a good example of me um, having to like hire someone that was going to make money first. Like that is what I did. But I think in retrospect, I probably would have looked at getting a VA even before that. So, okay, how did you find a
1: VA? The, she, she, the caption. Oh, so she just found, so her, she this was is the person you found from your community, from your social?
0: Yeah. Uh who just emailed me and said, I saw you mentioned that you're thinking about a VA. Yeah. I'm a professional executive assistant. Let me tell you why this is the best thing you're ever going to do. Got it. It came from you really just
1: like shamelessly saying, here's what
0: I'm looking for, how I found you. Yeah, it it. wasn't even like, I'm going to hire this. It was like, I'm thinking in the future I might want this. And she's like, no, 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 you want it now. And let me tell you why you want it now. Shout out, Allie.
1: (laughs) This is so interesting. I'm thinking about my mom in this scenario who is an entrepreneur and – is always talking about hiring and she mainly hires through like network, like another Mm -hmm. person who, like, she's a CPA, another CPA who she maybe knows and like who they would refer. But I wonder if she just, and I think the problem with that is that she ends up with these like small circle of like, you don't quite get, it's hard to like Mm -hmm. get the message in front of a lot of people when you do like one person at a time and you tell three people right that you're yeah. hiring, but what i'm sort of hearing you say is like she could go on facebook maybe not thinking that there's any other professionals who know someone on her facebook this is just her friends and yeah. family but put that out there and sort of see what comes her way but sort of this shameless putting out there for a virtual sister or something yeah, dude i don't think do that you
0: tactically. need a ton of st- followers. It's not like you need a big audience. I mean, yeah, a Facebook status, an Instagram story. Even if you just have a thousand friends, it's like, hey, I'm looking for this. If you know anyone, tag someone in the comments. Like, yeah. I mean, I think you'd be surprised by what you hear back. Yeah. And but one thing I do struggle with, I will say, is that I feel like that outreach part is good, but I have a very unconventional way of hiring people where I kind of like will vibe. It's, it's not very buttoned up. Uh, in that sense, it's a we're a vibe hiring. Process. It's a vibe. I'm like, we get, if you send me an email, you've already done some work. The work is good. We talk, there are vibes. And then like, I maybe give you one more thing and you crush it. I'm like, cool, done. But I think that as it, as things grow, that doesn't scale. So I'm curious, like, how do you, I really struggle with job descriptions and mm-hmm. trying to encapsulate everything that I might need. I'm like, I don't know. I just know I need help in this one arena. I need you to tell me what I need you to do because yeah. I don't know what you should be doing. Yeah, job descriptions are
1: hard. Like, I actually have a friend who spends a lot of time just like writing the job description, rewriting it. Rewriting mm. it, rewriting it. And like by this time, like whatever was feeling b- built up and backed up in the business that was urgency to hire for is now just getting worse and worse because you're just being so picky about yeah. how it's written. Yeah, that's hard. Okay. I started my style of how I write job descriptions from this entrepreneur named Danielle Morrill. She's an investor now, I think. And she, I saw this posting that maybe she wrote in like 2015. Let me um, pull this up. Because she wrote a Medium post, Medium is like a blog, like a a blog letter, and the title of it is Startup CEO Seeks Executive Assistant, and I love so much how she wrote this. Like the way she wrote this article, it feels like an article. It's a job description, but it feels like an article. It feels like a letter from the CEO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is such a good job description that that I took a lot of how I do my job descriptions from this. So the first thing that I like that she does is it's written as a letter. The first line is, I'm the CEO of a startup and we're working on some really exciting stuff. Um, It is by no means a sure bet just yet, but we have some great momentum and we just added some investors into the mix. One of the problems I'm struggling with right now as CEO, especially as a first time CEO, um, is making sure I'm using my time in the best possible way, and that's why I'd like to hire you. That's the intro.
0: It's so human. It's human. Mm-hmm.
1: It's human. It's a letter. Like I think sometimes we get stuck in like making the job posting like stuffy and like going straight. Yeah, you to- like put on
0: the three piece suit when you start writing job. Des- Have you seen that viral video where the girl is like, it's like every job description these days, and it's really close to her face, and she's like we are seeking rock stars who know and then she like lists off all these skills she's like how much are we paying wouldn't you like to know yeah exactly <laughs> it's a secret
1: yeah, that's exactly right that is a lot of job description. Yeah. so so this is like a
0: distinctly
1: different like human letter yeah, yeah and i do this on my own like i start with like my name is tara reed and the ceo of apps without code one of the things that i'm struggling right now is blank that's why i'd like to hire you that's mm. my intro Love. Yeah. Okay. So then in this job description, she goes on. Um, one of the sections is sort of like how the role works. Um, she's describing this. And then she gets to some of the things you'll do. Some of the things you'll do are a little bit more like the bullet points you typically see in like a job description. So like managing my agenda as the gatekeeper against waste of time, waste of my time, booking professional and personal travel, et cetera. So there's these bullet points. What I love then is that there's a section on what I'm like to work with. Oh, the self awareness. She's self aware. Yeah. Right. So I'm pretty brusque, at least day to day. Sometimes I might come off as uncaring, but once we've worked together for a few weeks, I'm sure you'll see that I care, possibly too much. Hmm. I'd like to give direct feedback. I will tell you what could be better, and I will also tell you what's good. I'm not going to like yell, but I will be brutally honest. I'm not interested in doing anything that's not directly connected to the goals of the company. Um, You'll discover really quickly that like I think that anything that's not important can be ignored and I'll need your help sort of filling in the gaps. Right. So she's painting this picture. I feel like I know this person. You feel like, you know, this Mm -hmm. person and she's painting this picture about what you're going to experience. And also like one of the things that I do, I think that she doesn't do this in this post. But one of the things I do that I got from the sentiment of this is I have a section in my descriptions where I say, what's in it for you? I love that. What's in it for you? What's what an example of something get? that you would say? Like, how are you generally? Yeah. You're going to get proximity to a CEO of a growing company, be able to understand how their mind works. So if you ever want to be an entrepreneur yourself, you'll be able to have that background so that you can lean into it for quicker success. Mm. Things like that. I like that. Right? That
0: also is going to have you self like, People will self-select for that. Of You're going to get self-starters yeah. like you're going to get people that have that mindset if yes. you know that that's what they're interested in i generally
1: like hiring entrepreneurial thinkers you maybe you're not an entrepreneur maybe you're an entrepreneur yeah. inside of a company but you're entrepreneurial thinker and so i find that those people come with solutions yeah they never just come and just hand you a problem they come with ideas they're a they level come with solutions. four or level five yeah level questions. four and five on that scale of like how you can manage and so I think that those people, they give you strong feedback. They're like, here's their collaborative thought leaders. Like, to me, that is really important. And so I write those sorts of things, and I have a whole section about what's in it for you because I think so much job descriptions are all about. The hirer yeah. and what they need needy, needy, needy. And I think that this is actually sort of a generational shift we see um, with younger people coming into the jobs. They're like, well, what am I going to get yeah. out of the job? And I have a whole section about like what's in it for you. So that's how I structure job descriptions. Then when you click apply, There are questions that you need to fill out. I actually really don't care. Like, well, there's a quick resume upload, but I'm not like doing a bunch of like gathering other than like your name and your email. I generally do like to ask for some sort of online presence. I think Mm. this is just personally me. I don't trust people I can't find online anywhere. (laughs) Like you don't have a LinkedIn. You don't have anything like that. Just like kind of bothers
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is a little bit weird. I think that that can be a hot button issue too. like I'll see influencers or other digital marketing people that'll like they want to see your Instagram profile as part of the job application. And sometimes I'm like, I don't think people should have to have like an online persona in order to be good at what they do. So I feel like yeah. that's where people will go both ways on that. It's like, maybe problematic,
1: but that's a personal like
0: feeling for my What are you looking for in those profiles? Is it just like that they exist or is there something about you're trying to suss out a vibe of like how does this person comport themselves online? <sighs> it's a really good question. It's a trust. Trusting. Okay. It's a yeah. trusting,
1: I think is how it occurs to me. So mm-hmm. Anyway, when you click the apply button, you immediately see some questions that to fill out in order to apply. And the questions are like the beginning of the interview process. One of the questions, I usually do between like three to four questions. One of the questions, they're like short answer. One of the questions has to be my weed out question. What's the weed out question? This is the question that I'm going to read. Like I'm gonna go through applications really quickly Because now at this point, like we get like large volume of applications. I'm going to go through the applications really quickly and I'm just going to read this one question. Mm, And I'm going to just put people in the no pile instantly because of this weed out question. So the weed out question gets intentionally designed as something where like this is something where only the person who would be good at this job could answer this question. That in itself seems hard to do. I think it's maybe not that hard to do. So the way that I write application questions is I think about real things that right this second we're going through in the business. Like if I hired them right now, what would I need them to think and figure out with me? And I literally just use that. So um, for the weed out question, for like a marketing role, for example, um, marketing is really interesting because you want to hire someone who's good at the kind of marketing That you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. Most people are not good at all kinds of marketing. And so, for example, with Apps that Code, we have, like, advertisement-based marketing. We have social media marketing. We have a lot of workshops and webinars that we do. So my weed-out question would be, what do you think a reasonable cost per lead and cost per acquisition should be for a webinar funnel? If you don't know or aren't in range for, like, industry standard, out. Okay. Because you just don't have that background. Yeah, yeah, And I can quickly go and scan through an answer and just, like, weed people out. Is
0: that something, though, that someone could easily Google? Maybe. Or is it something where— But if you Google that, you
1: at least got a head start so that I can, like, look. Okay. A lot of people just won't even do that. They'll weed themselves out because they're not—like, what we're looking for in an application, too, like, one of the biggest things I'm looking for is over and beyond this. Over, so and like, over and beyond this, over and beyond this. So if you went and you found articles and you sourced them and you cited them, like okay, let's talk. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. not bad.
0: It's like an it's how you're thinking, how and you're your approach to problems. Yeah, how you're thinking. Yeah, right. Okay, but you are like,
1: I don't know. Like a lot of people will just write, I don't know. Some people will just make something up, and so you. That's like it's a weed out one. It's not. I the like meat of
0: the it. idea of. I like the like a couple questions in a weed out because I personally, when we were hiring last year. And there would the recruiter within the brew would be like, hey, I've got 15 people. Here are their resumes. I'm like, you don't. Y'all know I'm not going to like I do not have time to sit there and read through every line of a resume. Plus, that doesn't really tell you much because you start resorting to things where they're kind of. Heuristics, they're just little shortcuts where you're like, oh, that's a media company I've heard of that they've worked at. That doesn't tell me anything about whether or not this person's a good fit for at us. All. It's just like, oh, they have work experience that is like ringing a bell. Yes. Yeah, so the at questions this, are good. So
1: at this point, when I'm reviewing applications, I have not clicked the link to open the resume yet. That's last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I look at that last. First weed out question. Then I go look at some of the other questions. And I write those other questions, like I was saying, around real things that are going on in the business. So oh an God. example, if I'm hiring a marketing person, would be like we like a real challenge. Like an example might be we have a partner that we work with for like interest-free payment plans for people to do the program if they want payment plans. But not everybody gets approved to do that. We're thinking about creating our own payment plan process and like where we offer them ourselves. Walk me through how you think this would impact growth, what the pros and cons are, how we would approach this, mm. what do you think? I take a real thing, for example, that we might be thinking about at the time, you go. Okay. And then I don't have to work that hard to like come up with a a scenario, yeah. a, sample, a fake scenario, the real scenarios. Yeah, right. yeah. So that's kind of like how I'm looking at the application. Then once I've read all that, then I'm going to look at your resume. Last thing.
0: Well, on that note... <laughs> We are hiring an associate producer for our show. We are. For the show you're watching right this second. And so I think that when I think about the type of person that we're looking for, Mm. and, and I'm almost trying to apply this framework that you just gave me to the process that we're going through now. Yeah. I immediately what came to mind is watch an episode One that's not out yet, maybe, like watch a fresh one that you wouldn't have seen before. And you tell me... What needs to go? What could be stronger? Like, because mm. I think what is so hard to find is people with very distinct points of view, yes. but that can look into the future and be like, "This is what this could be," and like, "Here's how we; these tweaks will help us get there."
1: Yeah. Effects. I'm like, you know you're a good producer, <laughs> but if you're thinking about your own hiring process,
0: so if you're currently an entrepreneur yeah. or
1: you want to be an entrepreneur, I would love to hear from you, like. What would be the first role that you would hire? Maybe you can tell us if you come into the YouTube comments, we can see everyone's comments. Tell us what you would love to hire as your first role you think would be mm-hmm. a good alignment for you. And then also, what kind of question might you ask them in the interview process that would help be like your weed out question or help you know That's if they'd a be a one. good fit? And that doesn't have to be perfect, but we'd love to kind of community share and see. Yeah. And since we're hiring, Katie taught me to <laughs> shameless plug when you're hiring. So please share this. With there a friend. you go. If you know someone who would love to help us work I'm on the like, show, and we're good. And there's like,
0: no, no, no. We're gonna. I learned. This I plug. literally just learned.
1: <laughs> I learned this episode that I need to shameless plug more when I'm hiring. Yes, and also that I need to be thinking about hiring someone who's adaptable to my evolution and in our interview process. Even for this role, I'm gonna put something in there, and I'm about so to go that, write some letters. Yeah. Some yeah. letters.
0: All right. Well, subscribe to Bossy wherever you're listening if you like the show. And if you want to make the show, let us know. Let us know.
2: <laughs> Take your business further with a smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at Select Business Merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com gold businessgoldcard.